and children Stefan and Alexandra, along with Gail Miller and Jazz President Randy Rigby. We'd like to thank AK for all his contributions over the 10 seasons to the Jazz, both on the court and in Salt Lake community. We wish him the best in his retirement from professional basketball as he begins a new chapter as the president of the Russian Basketball Federation and look forward to many more visits. Thank you, AK. Once a jazz man, always a jazz man. You have to be willing to rewatch a movie. Oh, hell yeah. Their defense is atrocious. Tiso is the official watch of the NBA. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about aggregation. I'm oddly intrigued by neck tattoos. You know, we love China. We love the plan here. It comes a dunk. Shut up and listen. You think you're better than me? So last episode, we we concluded talking about the Pimchenko twist, this highly dangerous uh, new move that Kate and Doug are going to incorporate to their Olympic routine. It's something that Anton was working on kind of in the shadows forever. It's physically grueling, highly dangerous. Physically so grueling for, for one Part yeah, of the team. Of Moira for, takes for one half of a figure skating pair. I don't even know how to describe it in a way that's sensitive, but like she takes a beating. Like, yeah, like physically, like she 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 gets beaten up. She's a rag rehearsing. doll. She's literally yeah. a rag doll thrown on the ice uh, for yeah. days on end. I know, I know, we're technically done with that scene, but just to go back uh, <laughs> and button up one <laughs> last little thing. Oh, also, I shouldn't. I should. This is a totally unrelated thing. Um, but upon re-listening to, well, I don't even know what episode it was, maybe I want to say four, maybe five, uh, I can I can track it down if, if you need help, Chris. But uh, I did want to offer a correction, because as a journalist, I do believe in offering corrections when you, you know, make an error. Uh, I, I think we, when we talked about the actual 92 national championships at the O Arena in Orlando... In January of 92, we referred to it as uh, Shaquille O'Neal's rookie year. That is actually incorrect. Uh, yeah. That would be the 91. That would be that would have been during the 91-92 uh, basketball season. Because January 92. Sunshine Network, Florida's best, welcomes you to one of the very best days in sport. Opening night in the National Basketball Association. Against the glittering lights of Orlando, the city beautiful. As the sun sets on this, the first day in November, we celebrate an evening of firsts. Tonight, 15,000 fans are here along with you for our premiere of the Orlando Magic and the New York Knickerbockers. Please give a warm Central Florida welcome to the DeVos family. We're glad to have you as a part of the Magic family. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, we ask that you please rise for the singing of our national anthem. Backed by popular demand is Mr. Glenn Gettings. Of course, Shaquille O'Neal did not enter the NBA until later uh, in 92 for the 92-93 season. 92-93. So I just wanted to tie up that loose end. Hey, if we're doing that. corrections, I also incorrectly said that D.B. Sweeney was up for the part of Nuke Lelouch in uh, <clears throat> Bull Durham. Oh, uh, yeah. He was up for the part of Crash Davis, which was played by Kevin Costner. Oh, that's a Nuke Lelouch. I mean, that's oh, a very, like yeah. God damn it. Time out. Hey. Why are you shaking me off? Huh? I want to bring the heater to announce my presence with authority. To announce your what? Announce my presence with authority. To announce your fucking presence with authority? This guy's a first ball fastball hitter. He's looking for heat. Oh, yeah? So what? He ain't seen my heat. All right, mate. Give me your heat. Why is he always calling me me? I'm the guy driving a Porsche. Fastball. 
Scramble the son of a bitch. Look at that. He hit the fucking bull. Gotta get some free steak. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah. I'm having a blast. Thanks. Good. God, sucker teed off in that like he knew I was gonna throw a fastball. He did know. How? I told him. Nuke and yeah. trash. Hey, that's, a, that's a tough. Yeah. Honestly, nope. This is our corrections episode, episode. 37. Get them all out, podcast. boys. Get them all out. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Our, a bunch of listeners had reached out about the new Galoosh uh, thing, Christian. So Understandably. Yeah. It glad, was, glad, glad you covered that one. It was up. Crash. It was Crash Davis, you know. Um, yeah. Like DB Sweeney Setting was. Setting the record straight. It, it, I guarantee he lost a lot of roles to Kevin Costner. That is a fact. I think at one point during the brunch scene, I may have said, uh, look at me, senpai, uh, which is the, the correct uh, 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 line for that meme is, notice me, senpai. Notice me, senpai. Notice me. Oh, uh, yeah, that well, was just one At, one at another one. point, we mentioned that high steakhouse <laughs> is an affordable, <laughs> easy Listen, if we're going to correct experience. everything wrong we've said on this podcast, that's its own episode. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, that um, was correct. That was correct. It is a great meal. Yeah. High Steakhouse. Check it out if you're in Toronto. Hey friends, we are here at the High Steakhouse in downtown Toronto on the wonderful New Year's Eve. And so let's go and try this place with me and see what happens. It's a real good meal. There's no correction there. It's a good yeah. it's a good value, good meal. Yeah. Try the garlic knots. Yeah, it's a free podcast, folks. I, uh, <laughs> we don't I charge for it. For we don't charge for it yet. You don't have to listen yeah. to it if you don't want to. Yeah, that's right. But, that's uh, right. you know, but let with us know. Corrections out of the way. We, we open with Kate post-beating, and she is in this. Honestly, the more we, uh, you know, have seen Jack's office, which is a hall of trophies that Kate has earned, mm-hmm. the more I'm like, what a sadistic piece of shit that he's got. This empty yeah. box. This is this the first time we've seen box. like an a, like a higher like an above yeah. like yes. bird's eye view almost shot of it. And these trophy cases are like like ten feet tall. They're like floor yes. to ceiling basically trophy cases. They are Hall of Fame level trophy cases. This is yes. something you would see in Canton, Ohio. This yeah. is something you'd see in Cooperstown. Yes, these are these are like statuesque trophy cases and they're filled yeah. and there's one box that is empty and it is the the spot where we have been told that jack is waiting to put kate's gold medal in and right above it this is the first time i feel like i understand the spatial relationship of the office that the box is empty and right above it is a picture of kate's dead mother and yes. i'm like jack? Let's be clear, jack is waiting for jack's gold medal not for moira's gold medal. jack is waiting for jack's gold medal. yeah where's jack jack wants it jack has paid for everything to make this happen kate I was just looking at the pictures of mother. I can hear her now. The Olympics. It's what she always dreamed of. Wait, the mother thing, because I I think it was in the New Year's Eve party when Kate mentions that her mother was also a skater, right? Yes, and Doug... Tells her how attractive she is. Yeah, she's a <laughs> yes, there's, there was that the bombshell. It's like ooh quip. But whoa, that is so fucked up. I never put that together. That the picture of the mother is right next to the empty trophy case because right that is it. some dark and dark, deeply and fucked up shit that Jack so Kate, is doing with that. Yeah, it's decor like he, with that interior decoration direction. Truly, Kate is in this like awful. Uh, like it's like a shrine to her failure. Mm-hmm. Like it's crazy that it's all built around this box that's empty. 
with yeah. like lights, a spotlights shining on the empty box yep. and on the it's fully lit the box. Dead mother. Yeah. And just in case dinner. you don't already feel enough pressure, this is all in order to avenge your dead mother. I can hear her now. The Olympics. It's what she always dreamed of. Look at this thing. Just sitting here empty. We're almost there, honey. I can taste it. What if it stays empty? Mm. Not this time. Yes, and she's sitting in this office, and eventually Jack walks in and very, like, sneaks up behind her and, like, rubs her shoulders like a real... Oh, no. Nope, nope, nope. Like a real weirdo. Don't care for that. Don't care for that. Nope. Standing behind his daughter, putting his <laughs> hands yeah, on daddy. her shoulders. <laughs> nope. There's something really off about this father-daughter relationship. <laughs> yeah, care. off let's, is a good word for it. Yeah. Let's be real. It's because Moira feels like the Rocketeer's employee, not his yeah. child. Yeah. I'd say a right? little more than an employee. Uh, yeah. Yeah, some, yeah. Something, I don't know, a little... Well, I guess it depends what you what what, what a man like Jack normally does to his employees. Which yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is where Jack, businessman, just again, his daughter is in near tears, and what she says is, "Why am I doing this?" We're almost there, honey. I can taste it. What if it stays empty? Mm. Not this time. You should go to bed. You need your rest. I'm not tired. Kate. No. What are we doing? Why am I doing this? It's what you've always wanted. Always? Kate. I know. I'm going. These little pep talks can be so exhausting. If my daughter said that to me, the reaction wouldn't be what Jack says, which is, it's what you've always wanted. Absolute <laughs> in, in, classic you, bullshit. Fucking psychological torture. Meaningless response. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, psychologically torturing her. It's, oh, what? No, this is mind wanted. control. Yeah, it's not me, this baby. Is, it's not me. This is. Christian, I thought you were trying to make you happy. All the these are all the KGB tactics that you were yes. talking about in the last episode. This yeah. is sort of me programming you and conditioning you, mm-hmm. retraining you about what reality is. Yeah. Because even though your body and your heart and your mind and soul is telling you, I feel bad, I don't like this, yeah. I'm confused as to why I do this, Yeah, me, Jack, a KGB spy, is telling you, <laughs> no, actually... You love this. This make yeah. you feel good. Yeah, oh, don't this you remember? Made, this no, you, made Kate feel good. Yeah, you yeah. told me last week that you were having a great time and that this was your dream. Don't you remember that, honey? Yeah, yeah. it's classic gaslighting. That's, classic that's what it is. Gaslighting. Now, yes. meanwhile, gaslighting. the next sequence is Doug doing what mm-hmm. Doug does. It's a pure hockey skater technique, which he's prepared for the Olympics by just watching tape. is built different okay he's back in that film room he's just watching tape grinding tape yeah doug is re-watching old footage here of we're at the olympics and gentlemen what does he notice mm, it's not immediately clear moira slips on the shoulder of her partner brian because of what it's because of a toe pick toe pick toe pick, toe pick. it is a toe pick wow issue. yep mm. She's trying to put that toe pick on Brian's shoulder, and it doesn't quite land. No. And so from here, you know, that's where we're left off, that they are training with the Pamchenko, and Kate is literally questioning her whole existence at this point, and Doug is watching old tape trying to find out what is, what, what's been wrong with the techniques that have been employed going into the Olympics, and that's where we're left. The yeah. 1992 Winter Olympics in Albertville, France, are here. Wait, first we, though, I just have to note and and and, uh, and yeah. celebrate uh, just the absolute psychopath behavior of Doug in this uh, you know film session, 
rewinding and playing the tape over and over again. <laughs> like a goddamn, so, like a serial killer, serial killer. like a fucking, so, some kind of sociopath, like just like gradually like descending into the mouth of madness, just watching the same two second clip over and over and over again, analyzing it frame by frame. Who would ever do such a fucked up thing as that? Uh, I couldn't, po- couldn't possibly be me. He plants his staff and says, oh my, my brother Doug, home from the Merchant Marine. And that is when my brain melted, folks. <laughs> home from that is the when Marines. I crumbled to the floor. The Merchant Marines who abide by the motto, acta non verba, deeds <laughs> not words. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to, to once again applaud Doug for uh, having that dog in him and... Uh, you know, grinding tape like a real uh, competitor, you know, that's what you got to do to get on top. And yeah, meanwhile, yeah, like, as uh, I don't know if we fully uh, noted it, but it is uh, the former partner is Brian, Brian Newman, um, who is the one that, according to Jack Mosley, quote, couldn't cut it. Um, and so it's just a little something to remember that uh, that the, you know, the whole kind of scheme that, that Doug was sold by Jack is that we need a go-to guy we need someone because all these male partners couldn't cut it, so that's why we're, we're uh, you know recruiting you. So he's uh, starting to realize a little something here. So yeah, we touched the 1982 Winter Olympics. It's Albert. We finally made it. One twenty-one fifty. We have done it, and yet again, another running man. This running man, running with the Olympic torch. Uh, <laughs> Paul Michael Glazer has done it. Another running man. Yep. Um, so we've established that the games are now here. And where we open is it's a press conference. And the press is feverishly <laughs> shouting questions. Opening ceremonies. You enjoyed yourself? Oh, it was great. Cold and great. So, Doug, what's the difference between this and hockey? The women. <laughs> the first question they throw out there is, so, Doug, what's the difference between this and hockey? And, of course, <laughs> so what is Doug's response? The women. The women. <laughs> the Elicits women. yucks. Oh, boy. They, they are eating that one up. Tons of guffaws and laughs among the yeah. press corps. If only they knew. If only so they Pekarovsky, knew. So, Pekarovsky here is going on and on about how there's this great camaraderie between mm-hmm. the two U.S. teams, and basically they're just one big happy family. Yeah. What's the feeling then? Everybody out for themselves, or is there a team spirit building? Oh, we're definitely a team. Definitely. There's a real sense of togetherness. Spirit. Spirit. A family. Yeah, no, we're not enemies working on opposite sides of a war. Certainly not. No, we're, <laughs> we're a family, yeah. There's it a real fucking... sense of togetherness. Awkward as shit. She's yeah. basically suggesting that they are a throuple, right? That they're swingers, <laughs> that that the two yeah. figure skating teams are in an open polyamorous relationship. Yeah, this is a polycool confirmed. <laughs> Everyone gets along wonderfully. Yeah. And That's what the Olympics Moira, are all about. Moira puts a fucking button on all of this when she says that their chemistry together is almost It's almost it's almost orgasmic. Orgasmic. Or- Orgasmic. Orgasmic. Full play. Full play. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, perfect. bow down to the queen of sass, Kate yes. Mosley, undefeated, fucking stellar She's work. She's just owning, owning yes. everyone in the room. Yeah. Truly like a fitting button too, because like this whole film has been discussing that like this entire relationship, everything they've been working on is foreplay. Yeah. And this is the first time that Kate is talking about that this is, they're there, they're doing it. It's just orgasmic. Yeah, it's not a foreplay time anymore. It's (laughs) orgasm time. Kate is done (laughs) fucking around. She's done pulling punches. Yeah, she's here to fuck. It's important to note that uh, our coach Rick is there in the front. Coach Rick is is there Great sitting point. next to Lori Pekarovsky. And yeah. also Anton is dressed like Wes Anderson. He's got like an all, <laughs> all brown tweed corduroy suit on. I'm like, I love it. Now, a it really then. interesting coda on this whole sequence, I thought, is that so the next scene they cut to them skating on the ice and 
the idea that they're in a poly relationship. So while they're waiting to take the ice, Moira informs Doug that he's mi- missed a button on the top of his shirt, mm-hmm. which he replies, You forgot a button. No, I like it open. No, I like it open? Um, <laughs> and for me, I was just like, okay, then there it is. Like, oh if you're thinking about an open relationship, you might be looking for some open relationship ground rules. There it is. Like, yep. we... <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay wow. i guess it's it's wow. out there then. oh my this god the layers a... the layers to this movie yeah wow i like it open and everyone's attention is immediately uh pivoted away when i you know they don't they say they shout out nikolai nikolai these are the russian skaters yeah the russians in and uh, what's the other Brish- one? Brishkin? Brushkin? Uh, Smilkov and Bruskin. So this is our first look at, you know, the Russian competition that Anton has uh, KGB style told them is going to destroy their dreams and ambitions of gold. Mm-hmm. So this is our, our first look at them. And, you know, Chris, uh, Ben, what are your thoughts of them when we first see them? Like to you, is this a formidable opponent? Yeah, extremely formidable. I mean, they are both, you know, Blonde, blinding blonde. Um, you know, they're in matching like track suits. They have, you know, very serious looks on their faces. They are, they could easily be assassins. Um, yeah. <laughs> the female, I forget which one is which, uh, whether it's Shmilkov or Bruskin, but the female has this like, very like kind of cool choppy angular like bowl cut what's up guys matt back here from freesaloneducation.com today i've got two trends for you guys the first one's going to be a blunt bob haircut i'm going to walk you guys through that step by step showing you exactly how to do it let's hang out in the comments let's talk about what's going on ask questions get to know each other let's build this community bigger guys let's get started here we go All right, guys, so I'm going to start off this technique by splitting the head in half, basically creating a center parting straight down uh, the center and then straight down center back, comb everything off to the side. If your guest has a side parting, then you're just going to base it off of their natural part. So make sure you figure that out where they're comfortable wearing their hair before you proceed with the next steps. And then the cut angle that I'm going to be creating is going to be following the jawline. So a cool little graphic here to showcase that I want that angle to mimic. So the parting that I just took is mimicking that jawline. And then I'm going to do the same thing with my cut line. It'll run parallel to the parting. So everything is based off of uh, a facial feature. It's not just going in there and freehand cutting. I want this to really flow with the the face shape. Which kind of makes me think of like Domino, uh, the, the Tony Scott film. Combination code is tattooed on his right arm. Now you will never get inside Ed and the Fender's safe unless you have the code breaker on that arm. Understand? You're breaking up. I can't hear you. Listen, Edna's armed and dangerous and don't fuck around. You got me? What? Remove the right arm. You're breaking up. Domino. Remove the right arm. Remove his shirt from his upper right arm. You find the combination inside the tattoo on his arm. You got me? Yep, yep. Uh, I think she she could definitely, you know, she probably knows her, her way around a, uh, you know, Walther PP7. Yes, I uh, I see that entirely. Sorry, um, PPK, not PP7. Yeah, what is the PP7? other guy sort of reminds me of uh, Andre Karolenka, Ben. Yeah, uh, totally. Very, jazz. yep, yep. At 31 points in game one. That was his uh, playoff high. Been in only nine playoff games now. Karolinko with his third block of the game. Is Hakeem Olajuwon in the building tonight? Very angular, like gaunt, kind of yeah. like sharp jaw. Long, sort of beautiful blonde hair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it also just establishes that I feel like every Olympics, they build stories around. And I always find this fascinating about the Olympics that like leading up to the Olympics, I couldn't tell you a single figure skater. But when the Olympics start... The storytelling kicks in mm-hmm. to a level that's honestly impressive. That it's like, incredible. Every, yeah, everyone in the room like is. If you like two weeks prior, these skaters walked into like a restaurant, nobody would turn around. 
But in this scenario, like, everyone is like, it's Bruce Kinnismilkoff. Like, just immediately ignores the American teams, which again sets up that classic uh, Soviet US post Cold War rivalry. This is a, you know, really a battle of two nations. And Mm -hmm. Rick is possibly a. Asset playing playing both sides. <laughs> yep. Playing both sides. Yep. Definitely. And, um, yeah. You know that's setting up the whole games. He's taking contracts from both governments. No question about it. It's game time. It's uh, the Russians versus the U.S. This is what it's always about. Yeah. This is Rocky Four. Uh, you know, again, the Cold War might be over, but those feelings have not quite healed just yet. So. And right after this, we're in the short programs. We're post yeah. post yep. uh, press conference. No more get right into it. The bush, we're yep. orgasming. We're on the ice. <laughs> we're all the four plays are that over camera here. is zooming down the line of judges. The shots are flying around. Yeah, it's it's and very glory uh, are on the ice, whizzing around, doing their routine. And um, you know, Doug and Kate are in the wings, waiting for their opportunity. Yeah, yeah, Doug, and they're feuding. Yeah, right. Brian, Brian and Laurie, sorry, just to uh, establish, they Brian and Laurie go out and they crush. The crowd's loving it. They're doing their thing. The scores are all five eight, five nine, and six. There's a I think a one six point oh in there. So they're very out traditional there. Traditional routine, very traditional because like very piccolo, traditional. Piccolo, but you know classical what? Classical music. Yeah, but they're getting the job done, and they are. Yeah, they're they're nailing it. Uh, not not a single slip up or flaw in their routine. But then we cut to Doug, and they're they're backstage and they're bickering a bit. The vibes are a little yep. off. You forgot a button. No, I like it open. Well, it looks terrible. It pulls at my neck. Well, you should have mentioned that in Chicago. Is that Camise? Enough. Barjos. Thank you. 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 Thank the last time button the goddamn button. Get over it. You are an immature asshole of the lowest order. If it was 40 below, and that button meant the difference between a long, satisfying life and a cold, horrible death from hypothermia, I still wouldn't give you the satisfaction. Skate. Yeah, I mean, uh, Kate Kate wants both buttons. Button here, and Doug, you know, is saying, you know, if it was the last thing to do before dying, if it was the last thing to do before he, he died, he wouldn't do it. And I am, you know, absolutely turned on here. We are we are fired up. These guys look like they want to kill one another. Yeah. And I cannot wait to see what happens on the ice. It's, it's quite surprising, because, like, you'd think with all this fighting, that they were, you kind of, you think it's going to establish that they're going to mess up their routine. But I actually kind of like that they're so well oiled and practiced mm-hmm. that they do a flawless routine. And the announcers, the way we know that they do a flawless routine is the announcers say, Technically superior program, but did you feel as I did that there was something missing? Absolutely. They delivered all the short program required moves, but it seemed very cold. As if we were seeing two strangers other than a fluid pair. It just didn't look like they were having fun out there. They performed all the required short program moves, but it seemed very cold. Mm. As if we're seeing two strangers and not a fluid pair. It yeah. didn't look like they were having fun out there. Fun. Yes. There's that operative word that Doug had always thrown in Kate's face that like it looks like you're not even having fun. And the announcers are now seeing it. Thank you, announcers, for that bit of exposition. Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, there's no chemistry. It's cold. They're not having fun. Yep. Um, yep. And they're fighting. And they're just they're a bitter couple. And this is like the divorce era of a couple. <laughs> they're just like, there's no like sexual tension between this fighting. This is just, we hate you. I hate yeah. you. Let's just end this relationship. He's ba- like you said, Chris, like, if it was 40 below and the button meant the difference between a long, satisfying life and a cold, horrible death by hypothermia, I still wouldn't give you the satisfaction, which is yep. exactly what a man says in a divorce court. <laughs> like, yeah, that's like a post. That's like, yeah, that's not like a, a like a foreplay type like sexual no. tension line. That is a the thrill is gone. I actually fucking hate you and want to destroy you type line. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And 
you know, it's not obviously that level of, of hatred with one another is not working for them in the short program. And I love that when the routine is done, they skate off to get their score. And this is just again, like this is just great. A blonde female announcer reporter comes up to Doug and Kate right after the routine to start to ask about the long program coming up. And it's amazing how quickly Doug goes from like angry to horny Doug is back because he's all smiles <laughs> for this blonde. Hey, Doug. Was the altitude a problem tonight? No. Long program. We've been hearing all week about your new surprise move you've been working on. What's it called? The Pamchenko. The Pamchenko. Is that name after him? What? You're taking it out of the program. It's not ready. Doug? Uh, and the blonde goes, we've heard you got, you've been, got this movie you've been practicing. What's it called? And Horny Doug is like, the Pimchenko. Yeah. He's like, look at that sequence where that Doug. Is yeah, he's totally grinning at her. He's a like. A sexual beast. Yeah. It's just, he can't do it with Kate, but with every other female, he's an irresistible uh, treat. And mm-hmm. this blonde reporter is all about him. Yeah. And uh, this is where Kate drops a bombshell. She drops a bombshell. On, on Doug, on Horny Doug. Now, Bob says, yeah. we're, we're not doing the Pamchenko. We're not doing it. Pamchenko's out. It's, it's out of the program. It's not ready. It's yeah. out. Which I would s- assume means uh, my head has not healed uh, from the from the brain trauma. Um, that's that's <laughs> yes. what's not ready. Is uh, my 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 bones and my body are not ready yep. to do that so again. It's it's really you know I think uh, and Doug is shocked. Doug Doug mouth breathing and all his mouth breathing glory is pulled away from his sexual appetite for this blonde reporter. And um, he realizes that they're in deep trouble, that this this relationship is completely <laughs> irreparably damaged. Um, Can I ask you guys a real quick, real quick question? Tell me if this was uh, just me uh, suffering some kind of Mandela effect. But um, I could have sworn before rewatching this movie uh, for this podcast that this move was called the double Pemchenko. Is that just me? Yeah. Did anyone else yeah. ever think like have that feel, stuck in yeah. their head? The double Pamchenko? Yeah. Or is that? Yeah, the Pam Ch- the Pamchenko twist. I was like, wait, what? Like, yeah. Is that what they, is that what he be- starts to call it, but then they call it something else? Like, I, it didn't, something about it didn't ring true. Yeah. I'm not really sure what that, what that, what that is. I'm usually not a big Mandela effect guy, but I was like, no, it's, it's the double Pamchenko, isn't it? Absolutely. But def- definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. So, never you know, we're, we're kind of left in this weird scenario that they, the short program, Obviously, it's good enough to get them to the next round and that they're not doomed. I think it's interesting that, like, that's a choice, deliberate. We are told explicitly that their routine is technically superior. They're very good. But Mm -hmm. what they lack is fun and it's cold. And I think, Mm -hmm. like, boy, it's about to get hot, though. It's about to get hot. Yeah. what this routine is missing is uh, something that could easily kill one of the other partners. That's really <laughs> the the little extra zazz that we're That's looking for here. Need. Little, yeah, little, we need uh, a. These magnets need to flip because yeah. <laughs> they think these opposites need to attract again. We're back now. We're back at the in the Olympic Village with you know the 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 four members of the you know the inner circle: uh, Doug, Kate, Jack, and, and Anton. And it's it's fight time, guys. It's uh it's time to just air out all yep. of that pent up angst and emotion and it's time to speak some hard truths to each other. Boy. And this, this this location, let's get into it. They're like I'm like Oh yeah, no, like I said Olympic the village. village. They're not in the Olympic Village. That's Who right. Who knows where they are? Because they are in France. Obviously they're not in They're in but, France. Like, this is like a a mansion yeah. that is yeah. like Versailles. They're in the countryside. It yeah, yeah. They, they're in some like they're in some like mansion in in the French countryside. Later yeah. on, Kate Kate references the fact that the house is paid up for two weeks or something like that. So, good old Jack Mosley came to France, took one look at the Olympic Village and said, "Fuck no, I'm not sleeping there," and just <laughs> rented an entire fucking castle in the French countryside. This is pre Airbnb, folks. So he yeah. just like. He just found a castle and asked like the monarch, the monarchy that lived there, just be like, "Would you guys leave <laughs> like, for a few weeks?" So name name your life. price. Like here's, yeah. here's and, and whatever they are money like you want. Arms from Raytheon. He's like, yeah. done. Yeah. They chartered their like, super yacht. 
Dirty like, yeah, cluster Jack. bombs. Yeah. They're yours. <laughs> and like this yeah. place is decked out with a wait staff. Like they walk into this room. Yes. There's two men in white jackets. a fight in front of a fireplace. And there's like a little table. It's literally like upstairs, downstairs room. situation. Yeah. Like huge room. And there's this table set for four. And just two waiters are about to watch the ugliest <laughs> family fight. A button. Delivery. You didn't get it done. What do you want? A pat on the back? When did I become the designated asshole around here? You want to know what happened? Ask the ice queen. Yeah, that'd be about enough of that. Oh, let me know when you're done laying down the law, Jack, because then maybe you can tell me why I spent five weeks on a move she was never gonna do. Was out of line. I needed the gold medal. So we forget the move. We can win without the move. No, no, it's impossible. We are Where in the hell were you when all this was going on? Where was I? I was babysitting. Mom, Claire, bullshit. Losing Gracely does nothing for me. Maybe you should think about that in the future next time. Oh, is that what you told Brian in Calgary? This fight is messy because it's literally just Jack and Doug are now at one another's throats. This is definitely a far cry from like, the coked out Doug we saw at High Steakhouse, who is like basically calling Jack daddy. Mm-hmm. Like, this is <laughs> high fiving him. High five. Right. Jack, what Jackie boy? Like, this scene is just men yelling at one another about Kate in front of Kate. And Kate is yet again not saying a word. A woman silenced, ignored, pushed yeah. aside. Her whole fate being debated by Anton, Jack, and um, Doug. Yeah, I have to say the movie took a way more poignant turn here than I was prepared for at first. Yeah, about you guys, but it is like tonally pretty. It's like a pretty hard turn where it's like, okay, suddenly the movie's just going to get very introspective. Mm-hmm. Like people are suddenly just going to have a lot of like self realizations and do a lot of like reflection and like you know understanding who I am and. um I mean, it's good. I'm not saying it's bad or anything like that, but... Uh, oh, I think it, it's phenomenal. Like, this is, oh, like, the yeah, scene that yeah, the movie yeah. needed. Like, this is, like, the, the gut check moment where it's, like... I mean, this is, uh, you it's know... the tipping point. Technically, it's not I the mean, climax of the film, but it is, like, the turning point, the tipping point. Doug, Doug tosses out a line that's so important here that's kind of a throwaway in the movie. Yeah. But, like, everything Doug... I mean, he gets upset because he's like, Why, when did I become the designated asshole... If you want to know what happened, why don't you ask the Ice Queen? To which Jack is like, that's enough of that. So Jack is finally like, all right, Doug, don't forget who's paying the bills here. But Doug doesn't back down. He goes, yeah, oh. you can slam my daughter's head into the ice as many times as you want. But God damn it, you don't, don't call her an Ice Queen. It. Yeah, he's like, I'm the guy that does that. Like, that's yeah. my job. And then he goes, uh, Doug goes, oh, let me know when you're done laying down the law, Jack, because maybe then you can tell me why I spent five weeks on a move she was never going to do. And Jack goes, that's out of line. To which Doug shouts out, I think, a very important line that's really kind of not talked about much. He goes, I needed the gold medal. And then he goes, Jack goes, forget the move. We can win without the move. And it's never addressed again that Doug shouts out, I needed the gold medal. I needed the gold medal. So we forget the move. We can win without the move. That's right. Doug shouts out like everything that he basically like his hockey career was trashed. He could never play again. He was basically a terrible construction worker in Minnesota, hammering. <laughs> his construction board, career board. was not promising. Let's just say that. <laughs> no. no Suffice you no to say, that was lies. not an avenue for advancement for him. No. Yeah. He was going to be sawing his house hand lies, off. His construction he was going to be, <laughs> yes, he was gonna be sawing his ha- hand off. He had lied to his family about being a merchant marine. He, he did so much awful stuff. He basically <laughs> sold out in his mind, his uh, sexual prowess by kind of taking on a sport that's known for, uh, in his mind, gay men being in the sport. So yeah. all of that was for what? And he's saying it aloud. I needed I the needed gold medal. I needed the gold this yeah. medal. That's actually really... This was his shot at redemption. This was, the, this was his it. one way that he could make it all right. And also, I think that that gold symbolized... Because I'm like, wait, I'm actually so glad you're highlighting this, Christian, because I wasn't... I was way more focused on like the other lines that that come, you know, uh, subsequently. But uh, but that line, I'm like, wh- why did he need it? Because obviously, there's no like, well, there, like, you know, let's be honest. There's obviously like monetary uh, gains and fame and stuff that you endorsements and stuff that you get if you're a gold medal winner. But to me, I don't think that 
Doug cares as much about that. To me, I think that the gold medal to him represents validation to his brother. Yes, That's what I think. I think that if, Walt. if oh, he yeah. came back to oh, yeah. the penalty box and was like, yeah, so remember that crazy thing? Well, hey, listen, I got bronze. I got bronze. Like, <laughs> yeah. Walt would be like, yeah. you did all that for a fucking bronze. For but if you, if you can come back and be like, listen, yeah, I... Listen, I acted gay for two years, all right? Yes, that's what I did. But I did it to be a goddamn winner. Like, that is the one way that he will be able to justify all of this to his brother, Walt. Correct. And, yeah, I feel like it really does. It's Walt. The Like, Doug, everything in his world hinges on Walt's approval. Yeah. I think that, to me, is uh, what that statement is saying. He doesn't need it for himself. He doesn't want it for himself. I think he does, but not really. I think you're right. It's Walt. He basically needs to... Prove his brother that this was real and valid. So they continue bickering, you know, back and forth about uh, the move, whether they can win without it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, someone asks, where, Anton, where were you? He says, I was babysitting. And then uh, I think it's Doug that says, losing gracefully does nothing for me. Um, think about that in the future. Doug yells, losing gracefully does nothing for me. And then Jack retorts, think about that in the future. And then, which is a weird line, but whatever. And then... Uh, and then uh, Doug says, oh, is that what you told Brian in Calgary? Forget the move. We can win without the move. No, no, it's impossible. We are Where involved. in the hell were you when all this was going on? Where was I? I was babysitting. Mom is there, bullshit. Losing gracefully does nothing for me. Maybe you should think about that in the future next time. Oh, is that time. what you told Brian in Calgary? You can kid yourselves all you want about what happened. I've seen the tapes. Brian was getting it done. Ask him. He'll tell you. All right, Douglas, he's, he's enough. Today it's about a button. You people are all excuses. You want to point a God finger? damn son of a bitch. Gotta find that go-to guy. You should have started with a go-to girl, Jack. You can kid all you want about what happened. I've seen the tapes. Right. Which, of course, is a reference to the tapes that he was grinding through. Like a serial psych- killer. <laughs> psychopathically in his room uh, back in Greenwich. Um, and so this all, all, all this means what? It wasn't Brian's fault. Yeah, you can kid yourself all you want about what happened. I've seen the tapes. Brian was getting it done. Uh, yep. And that was <laughs> like the big revelation, like the big sudden, you know, reveal. Um, and then Doug drops the bombshell, the absolute annihilation, devastation line, um, uh, which is uh, got to find that go-to guy. You should have started with a go-to girl, Jack. Gotta find that go-to guy. You should have started with a go-to girl, Jack. You should have started with a go-to girl, Jack. You should have started with a go-to girl, Jack. Jack is like literally about to punch a wall. Yeah, Jack's fucking furious. Jack has never had another human being speak to him like this ever in his life. No, no. And you could tell, like... If in another world, Doug is going to be off and he's found in the ditch the next morning. Oh, yeah. Like, Jack is living. Yeah, this okay. is the most angry that Jack has ever been in his life. Meanwhile, the two waiters are in the back being like, should we put the entrees out? <laughs> should we pour the wine? I don't know. It seems like they're pretty mad right now. Yeah. And Kate, they're, like, gl- just... they're like shooting each other like like stolen glances. Like, what the fuck? Are you, are you hearing this? What the fuck are they talking Although about? Although I assume every like rich family that comes through their oh, yeah. door is always some version of this. I hate you, dad. Like they're like, here we go again. Here we go. Yeah. This is what it is to work in a French villa that's for rent. <laughs> yeah, another day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Kate is sitting there silent until out of this cacophony of male anger and toxicity. Yeah. The first line that she, she speaks. She says he's right. You got to find that go-to guy. You should have started with a go-to girl, Jack. All right. That cuts it. He's right. What? He's right. He is. All of it. We worked so hard for two years. And I just went and threw it all away. He's right. He's right. All of it. We worked so hard for over two years, and I just went and threw it all away. She admits that, yeah, she was the problem. That she, and you know, everyone's shocked. Doug. This was a stunning, a shocking moment in the movie. I mean, this is mm-hmm. like the last thing in the entire world that you would expect Kate to say, uh, which is to admit 
I'm fault not to admit yeah. a flaw. I don't, um, I don't have the clutch gene. Yeah. Uh, I'm a choke artist. Yeah. I can't hit my foul shots. Yeah. I'm and this is, this to me is, is what, what we're seeing here is the result of, of war. This is, um, Kate is absolutely broken and shattered, both physically, uh, as we know, uh, mentally, emotionally, psychologically. She has experienced, you know, full interior death, uh, basically. She's been used as a, as a fucking, you know, ragdoll, as a literal pawn in this, uh, this war waged between three men, uh, Jack, her father, Rick, her former coach, and Anton. And this is the result. You know, this is what happens when you are a victim of war. Uh, and she says, do you think I look at myself, at what I've become, and do you think I'm proud? That, to and me, is just the saddest line. So honestly, it's like, sad. that is the really, like... Don't forget Doug. Boy. Did you mention Doug? I didn't mention Doug because, I honestly, I think that Doug... Obviously, Doug's not a... I mean... Doug, Doug is more her into the ice. Yeah, he does, but he only does that because he's instructed to by Anton. He's 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 really like Doug is like a grunt. I understand. He's he's, he's Doug, a, Doug is an ally. Yeah, but also, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's a war criminal, and he should be tried ignore, at the Hague for what he did to Kate. Um, correct. And but you also, can't ignore he does inflict pain. That's often. definitely true. That's definitely true. Yeah, and and yeah, the whole uh, hotel fight. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. you're you're absolutely right. Although I I, I see mean, him as like emotional, physical, and psychological pain. Yeah. yeah, I would say Doug does that. Yeah, Doug does do Whether, that, but he's like less of a power player than Anton, Rick, and Jack above him. You know. Um, yes. But that being said, he you're right. He's absolutely like less of a victim than Kate is. And so Kate Kate is is the one who has, you know, endured all of this punishment. She's literally just a uh, grist for the meat grinder of of this this fucking, you know, battle between these men that she's just been um, uh, you know, a party to the uh, past 10 years now of her life. And uh she's she thinks that she's to blame, which is honestly the most like just heartbreaking and tragic. I mean, it's a horror film. This is a horror film in many yeah. respects. Like she has been a prisoner her, this whole film, and she's finally admitting it. Like, do you think I'm like the fact that she goes, we we can't? I also find it interesting that Jack tries to stop her, being like, "Don't do this," and she, mm-hmm. she's like, "What? Don't don't tell the truth." And mm-hmm. she says, we can't buy back. Because Jack happens. knows that this whole thing is a house of cards. Yeah. yeah. Jack, Jack, Jack knows Jack that this knows. is all a big charade. And that he's like. We can't buy back. We can't buy this. We cannot buy back my life. No yeah. amount of money can solve this. So she's acknowledging that their relationship cannot be just like money is not going to solve it. Then she goes, you think I look at myself at what I've become and you think I'm proud, which is the saddest shit that she could have said. And Ugh. only when like his daughter is emotionally, literally destroyed, splintered, does Jack finally go, what do you want? What and do Kate you goes, want? I don't know. I think I'd like to go back to the beginning and say win or lose that I could just be your daughter, which is again, fucking heartbreaking. <laughs> just Ugh. like now what you want to hear folks wasted oh just i gotta say just another terry o'quinn appreciation corner moment at 127 22 his reaction face to hearing his daughter say i guess i would just like to go back to the beginning and have you say win or lose i could just be your daughter like that made me want to cry it's like legit like like his his like he's not actually crying like his eyes aren't like welling up in the scene but just the like the look of of just like sudden like shock and and sorrow on on jack's face there gotta gotta give it up to terry o'quinn absolute legend maura kelly in the scene is like she is such a great oh she's incredible she's absolutely incredible like teardrops welling in her eyes it's all so damn grounded like why'd you stay with me kate don't Don't what? Tell the truth? We can't buy back what happened today. We can't start over. Do you think I look at myself, at what I've become, and do you think I'm proud? What do you want? I don't know. 
I guess I would like to go back to the beginning and have you say, win or lose, I could just be your daughter. You came every day and you skated. This must have been like a nightmare for you. I didn't know it was gonna end up like this. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry for everything. And again, like we talked a little bit about this, about like other Olympic athletes heading to this moment that's supposed to be like the pinnacle of their their practice, their their whole life has been building this. They played sports throughout their childhood into the more like stressful, actual rigorous programs, and then they get good at that and they compete against the best and they go to nationals and then they go to the Olympics and then they get there and they realize why did I do any of this? I hate all of this and I'm miserable and my life has just been this giant shit pile for what? Yeah. And I think it's just like I don't know. I think it's like a I feel like the sentiment that Kate is sharing here is something that I imagine a lot of athletes feel. Oh, God, yeah. You know, it's like they say, like those that travel, you know, a lot of astronauts who go to the moon, they come back and they're broken because they're just like, that was it. Like, now what? Like, there's nothing beyond this moment. What else is there for me? Yeah. Yeah. So I think like there's something really heartbreaking that Kate might not even achieve her gold ambitions and also lost her mother and also had a completely broken relationship with her father and also can't have a relationship with a man to save herself because they all think she's a bitch. Right. And, and like, and also was doing something, uh, her entire life that she didn't even fucking enjoy. Yeah. Didn't even enjoy it. And wasn't her choice to do. No. And I think there's something about this sequence that is so raw and emotional. And she obviously, you know, says to Doug, like you came here every day and you skated. This must've been like a nightmare to you. So she's just completely like, again, so dejected that she's like, I apologize to everyone here. I'm so sorry. Yeah, she says, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry for everything. And I'm screaming to myself, Kate, you have nothing to fucking apologize for. (laughs) Holy shit. You have been a pawn. We know that Anton is a war veteran, war criminal. (laughs) We know that Jack and his underling, Hale, are war profiteers. (laughs) Okay? We know that Doug is a valor stealer, not a war veteran of any kind. But Kate... Kate is the face of the toll of war. She is the victim of war, and here she is apologizing for it. Just gut-wrenching. You can listen to Switch FM. Switch FM. Switch FM.